It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Which Vikings player is the winner of training camp? We're breaking it down up next on Superior Sports Talk. Carol 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers the Twin City sports scene nonstop. Luke Inman is ready to put him on the hot seat. That's what you're going to do to me. Instant analysis. Yanked. Out you go. Post-game breakdowns and red hot takes. The Timberwolves need a stitch. Reggie and Luke give you a daily dose of Minnesota sports with Superior Sports Talk. Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. Care 11's very own Reggie Wilson with me. So life is good. Thursday, Reg, almost there. Let's get into it. Big show lined up, talking Vikings names you need to get to know from Viking camp thus far. Plus, where were you on April 22nd? Yeah, that's the last time the Twins were out of first place in the Central Division. And later, I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. It's all coming up on Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Remember, follow along on the Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button there and on Twitter. Smash that follow button at Locked On M-I-N. And remember, we're a podcast too, free and available on all platforms. Subscribe and drop us a five-star review. Take us everywhere on the go so you never miss any of the action. All right. To football we go, 27 days, week one of the NFL season kicks off. Vikes resume practice today in the pads with one more non-padded run through tomorrow before they pack their bags, head out west in their first showdown with the Las Vegas Raiders. Reg, we broke down the game a little bit yesterday, what we expect from KOC's game plan, what that's going to look like. But today I want to know, what's one thing you're looking forward to finding out on Sunday? What's a question you need to get answered when the Vikes play their first preseason game? I'm sticking to my story from yesterday. I think it's, what are we seeing from Kellen Mond? Like, is he a guy that you can depend on as maybe a backup or challenge to, to be a starter in the future? Or is he a guy that is just kind of hanging on and, and you know, just fighting for a roster spot? I think Kevin O'Connell is going to give him every chance to, to prove himself. But, you know, it's going to be up to him. You know, he's, he's made some plays during training camp. You know, uh, last week he had that play where he's just kind of like chucking it on the run. And it was just a dazzling throw. And sometimes he makes plays like that. And then sometimes he makes plays that you're like, what are you, wait, don't throw it. What are you doing? And I think that's the the frustrating part. You just kind of want to see some consistency from him. He is a young guy. You know, he was kind of thought to be a green prospect coming into the league. Um, played in a pretty good offense with Jimbo. But it's just like, all right, what are we going to get? You know, what? what's the deal here? He has some athleticism, can make things happen with his legs. And so you're, you're, you know, kind of excited about that aspect, but you just don't really know what you're going to get from him from play to play. 
And I think he needs to show and prove that he can be that consistent presence because I think that backup job is his for the taking. Um, Sean Mannion, obviously, played for the Rams. He's familiar with this this system already, so he kind of has the leg up there. But as we've seen, you know, if you got to rely on Sean Mannion to win you a game, I don't know that you can do that. And so if you want to provide a spark, maybe you put in Kellen Mond, but can they trust him is the question. Can the coaching staff trust him to do what he needs to do in the case that something happens with Kirk Cousins? And this preseason game and really this preseason overall – is going to give him a chance to show and prove what he can do. Yeah, I like that. Kellen Mon, Mon, Mon. Going to be on everyone's mind and for good reason. I'm going to go a little bit deeper in the weeds here. We're going to see a lot mm -hmm. of the second and third team, and I want to know where some of these position battles are at. I want to know who the coaches have ranked higher on the depth chart. Which third team linebacker gets first crack at special teams? Luigi mm -hmm. Villain or Zach McLeod? Who looks better? Who can make a name for themselves on special teams when we get into live action? and help themselves stick to this roster after cut day. Wide receiver five and six, we talk about that position battle a lot. Is it Myron Mitchell up first or Tristan Jackson getting reps, making more plays with their opportunities? And speaking of special teams and how a lot of these bubble guys can survive these cutdowns, how about kick and punt return? Which guy mm. or two, first off, gets the first and second crack at the job? Because that tells you where coaches have them ranked. But who can actually look more comfortable and natural back there fielding punts? Because there's a lot of inexperience back there. So a lot of good positional battles going on in the back end of this roster. Once you get past the first and second team, which seems more set in stone where these last 15, 30 guys, they're fighting for their livelihood. They're fighting for their jobs right now. So it may seem boring to some, I know. But, you know, when we get in the middle of the season, when it's week 12, when your team's banged up and you're down to your third string linebacker or right tackle and it's third and two in the fourth quarter you need a big play these might be some of the names that end up winning or losing you ball games in the nfl so it's important to keep a close watch on these battles going on every practice every rep every preseason snap they all matter man hey malcolm butler made the biggest play of the super bowl 49 when he picked off russell wilson he was an yeah. undrafted free agent one year prior so hey never forget man all these positional battles matter next up Vikings released their official, unofficial depth chart heading into preseason week one. <laughs> Reg, what sticks out to you as you come through kind of our first peek at how these coaches have these rosters ranked? Anything sticked out to you or just kind of surprised you a little bit? Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say anything surprises me, but what sticks out, I've, I've kind of been looking at the big boys here and, you know, tackles, Darisaw, O'Neal, that's what we expect. The mm -hmm. starters that they have, you know, penciled in, and this is, preliminary and it's unofficial so you know we take it with a grain of salt but it kind of plays out how things have been playing out so far um in camp and you got Ezra Cleveland who was one of the offensive linemen who took every snap last season and then you got Garrett Bradbury at center which you expect but then you know we made so much about that right guard position and mm -hmm. you know we were like okay you know is it uh, Schlotman, who they signed, or is it Ed Ingram, or could it be Wyatt Davis? You know, it's going to be the – no, it's Jesse Davis. Just like out of nowhere, it's been Jesse. Like they they pulled a veteran in there out of all those guys, and you're just like, huh, okay. 
That makes sense. Now, I do think, you know, Ed Ingram, as he continues to develop, this job is going to be his at some point. They didn't draft him in the second round to have him ride in the pine. But at the same time, you're like, well, shout out to Jesse Davis. Like, he just came in and just grabbed that spot, and he hasn't really let it go. And so I think that's pretty impressive for him. Um, so this is this is another point here. And it's the defensive ends. So they start Dalvin Tomlinson and Armin Watts on both sides and Harrison Phillips in the middle. And so you you got like Jalen Twyman, who we, we've talked about. The dude looks like a dude so far. You know, coming back from missing all of last season with, with that uh, unfortunate uh, event in his life. And, and now he's battling his way back. But it's just so interesting to see those two guys kind of being cemented as the as the the defensive ends in Tomlinson and Watts. And then when you look at the the outside linebacker positions, they mixed up Pat Jones and DJ Wanham as backups behind Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith. And so it's interesting. I would have thought that Wanham would have been one of the ends and Tomlinson would have been one of the the nose tackles, but I guess this just kind of works in this system. And Tomlinson talked about how he, you know, kind of played this 3-4 system back when he was in Alabama. So this is kind of like a return to that for him. And so I'm, I'm interested to see how this works out. It's preliminary, obviously, but that that's something that, that kind of sticks out to me. Um, looking through the, the rest of it, you got Patrick Peterson and Cam Dantzler as the starting cornerbacks. And then that's when they kind of mix it up you know, from a backup standpoint, Shandon Sullivan, Andrew Booth, Chris Boyd, Caleb Evans. We talked about it yesterday, quite a bit of depth at that cornerback position. And, you know, to see Sullivan and Booth be the the direct backups behind Peterson and Dantzler, that says a lot. And then to have Chris Boyd and a Caleb Evans at that next level, I, I just see good things from this, this cornerback group. Last thing, Lewis Seen listed as a backup behind the starters at safety, Harrison Smith and Cam Bynum. So I, I think there is time for Seen to make a challenge to Cam, you know, as the regular season approaches. But interesting to see Cam snatch this other safety spot. I really like what you brought up. It's a good point as far as that nose tackle defensive end situation. I think when mm -hmm. Ed Donatel was brought in, we knew that new 3-4 system was going to be put in place. We didn't know how they were going to view all their different personnel changes going on. And I think we all thought that Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips were pretty interchangeable. They could both play mm -hmm. nose and they can both play five tech. But I think we yeah. all just assumed that it was going to be Tomlinson in the middle and not Harrison Phillips. So that was interesting. I mean, that's an awfully important position. If you're going to run a 3-4, you got to have an anchor in the middle that can chew up everything and open up lanes for everyone else. And the mm -hmm. backup position I thought was interesting. TJ Smith listed as the backup nose, which I thought was surprising. Not so much because anyone like James Lynch or T.Y. McGill has been anything special, but I just haven't heard right. the name T.J. Smith at all during camp. So another defensive line battle, backup five tech, Jonathan Bullard, a guy you picked up on a vet minimum. He's bounced around team to team. He's listed mm -hmm. ahead of James Lynch, Twyman, who you just mentioned, Otomeo. And that will shock me if that stays the same up until week one. I think something fishy is going on right there currently <laughs> with that depth chart. Chris Boyd, 
over a Caleb Evans for now anyways. I think that'll change as we move forward. Bynum, you mentioned, still overseen. Feels about right because it's still early. And then you mentioned Patrick Jones as well. I thought that was interesting. First in line to get more snaps and reps after Hunter and Zedarius, not DJ Wanham. So that's great to see. And we always talk about that fifth and sixth wide receiver. So Myron Mitchell as the five right now over Tristan Jackson and Jalen Naylor. That's worth noting. Last one real quick. Give me a player that you can say definitively has one camp. They've gone out there and put together far more good days than bad and collectively just been very consistent as one of the better players from Viking training camp and why. All right, so... Can I do a tie? Of course. Of course. How's We're gonna double dip. We're getting a little bonus action here on Superior Sports Talk today. Yeah, I got I got one guy on, on both sides. So I, I'm just gonna you know what? This is our show. We can do what we want. How about that? Okay. We're gonna How go about that? <laughs> We're gonna go KJ Osborne on the mm -hmm. offensive side and Daniil Hunter on the defensive side. So KJ Osborne has been, you know, I, I was following uh, my guy Gabe Henderson, who's been on the ground there at camp uh, a lot more than I have so far this season or this preseason. But um, from everything that I've seen and then following along with what he is saying as well, KJ Osborne has just been like, he took last season by storm and and really showed improve and 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 really just established himself as wide receiver three, and I think you know he's going to be a guy that challenges this year for a, a thousand yard season, you know, possible double digit touchdowns. Like he seems to just get it, and he seems to just be taking his position to heart, and he's going out there and he's proving it every day that he belongs and that he's one of the top three guys. Uh, catching passes from Kirk Cousins. And I think, you know, especially now with Irv Smith Jr. out, you know, this is a role for him. He's like, look, I'm that third option. You know, I know you love your tight ends, Kirky, but look at me. I'm your guy. Remember what we did in Carolina together? I know you remember that, how we walked it off. Yeah, yeah, I'm your guy. Let's do this. Come on, baby. Throw it to me. And then I think um, on the other side, Daniil Hunter just – is coming into camp with a chip on his shoulder and he's like wreaking havoc as much as you can when you can't touch the quarterback but he right. looks healthy mm -hmm. he looks strong and and he looks ready to go for week one like watch out Aaron Rodgers when you guys are Darius on one side and Daniil on the other side both of those guys look healthy and strong and ready to go and I think Daniil Hunter is is extra motivated this season to go out and prove that he's still one of the top guys in the league rushing the passer. Um, and so I am excited to see what he puts together, and he's certainly putting together a strong camp to show and prove what he has. Two great picks for sure. I think if I had to pick an MVP of camp, I think I probably would go with K.J. Osborne for all the reasons that you just laid out. I'll give you another one. I'm going to go with Christian Derisaw. Remember, mm, I called him out on the yeah, show a few yeah. weeks ago. I said he's a guy – I think he's got a lot of pressure on him to come into camp because everyone's just assuming he's just going to come in and be great. But I needed to mm -hmm. see him go out there and prove it first. And he needed to come out here and prove everything everyone was saying about how good he looked all offseason. And he has. He's checked all the boxes, every practice, holding his own against Hunter, 
and Zadarius, two of the best in the business. Mm -hmm. NFL Network comes out. They find out the coaches see shades of Trent Williams in his game. He also mm -hmm. just looks bigger when I watch him. He came out of Virginia Tech with all the athleticism for an offensive lineman, but to see mm -hmm. him bulk up, and put on more of an anchor, and even upper body strength. He just looks bigger and bulkier. It's a great sign that he's ready to hold his own on an island out there against bigger power rushers in this second year. And that's exciting because it feels like we're just one good Derrissaw season away from the Vikings having two bookend tackles they can mm -hmm. count on for the next five to six years, something we haven't been able to say around here in well over a decade. You look at that depth chart, as you were saying, mm -hmm. his backup, you're just like, you know, if you're questioning whether or not that guy needs to even make the roster a couple of years ago, you're like, look, Derrissaw, we need you to be out there and be healthy because we don't even want to have to see what, happens when we have to put that backup guy in there. Yeah, let's not go there. Let, I don't want to find out. Let's just put it that way. Vikes resume practice today with the pads back on, then a non-padded practice Friday before they get on the plane to Vegas, taking on the Raiders, kickoff 325 p.m. Central Standard Time when the Vikings 2022 season officially begins. Get some debate going. Go comment on the YouTube channel. Let us know what you think. Who's been the biggest winner of Viking training camp? We want to hear it from you. 27 days until week one of the NFL season. Season. Rest assured, Reggie and I got you covered every step of the way, every day on Lockdown Sports Minnesota, which you can now find on streaming Roku device apps. So be sure to look out for our Lockdown app on your Roku device as well. Pretty cool. All right, to baseball we go. Twins tied it up going into the sixth inning and can't seal the deal. Another late inning collapse, allowing four late runs in the final innings. Been here, done that, same story. Fulmer comes in in the sixth, gives up a solo shot. That I can handle, Reg. Down one, no big deal. You can come back from that. What I can't handle is Griffin Jack's giving up three more runs in the seventh. Three-run bomb Ooh. shot from Joey Gallo, busting the game wide open. Too much for the Twins in the end. They lose 8-5. to five. They get swept in L.A. and officially lose first place to the Guardians, who won last night as well. Wow. Reg, they made all these moves. They added three really solid pitchers before the deadline, and yet we mm -hmm. sit here today with the same feeling in our stomachs we've had the last two months. The Twins' middle and late relievers – just start having a hard time getting this job done. Is that too much of an overreaction when devil's advocate's going to say, well, yeah, okay, but this is the best team in baseball we're playing right now. We're not supposed to win these games against the Dodgers anyways. Or do you get that same feeling a lot of fans have that maybe they waited too long until the deadline approach and, and maybe the arms they added won't be enough in the end to make a run and win this division? I think it's a little too early to tell. And what I think is happening is we're just at a point where the twins are sliding. And as you saw there, you know, Cleveland last 10, seven and three. Cleveland's just surging right now. And it's it just like, this is not the right time. Yeah, look at that. The, the twins, the last six, four and six, or the last 10, four and six. Considering how these West Coast road trips have gone, they're going to, you know, take on the, the Angels. Uh, this weekend out there in Los Angeles or Anaheim, whichever one you want to do it. They kind of confuse us with that. But I think they are hoping to at least get out of there with three. Like they have to. Like the, the Angels, like the drop-off in talent between the Dodgers and the Angels is just that. Like, look, the Dodgers are just strong, man. Like they are, like we said yesterday, they are a World Series favorite. They just have heat. All up and down that lineup, you know, you you think you're you're okay if you can get past Freeman, 
or, you know, you can get past Mookie or a Cody Bellinger. But then mm-hmm. when you got guys like Max Muncie, uh, back-to-back games with the home run, uh, Joey Gallo, like this dude was a Yankee to start the season. And you're just like, okay, where does this come from? Like, we thought we had these other guys to contend with, and now we got these dudes too. Like, what, what is this? And I think that's when you just look at your your um, your phone, your TV, whatever you watch the game on. You're just like, these dudes are just too much, man. Like, just too much. And it's funny because the the Yankees have lost, I think, seven of eight. And it's funny when you. I think it's eight in a row now. I think they've lost eight in a row. Yeah, something wild. Yeah, yeah. And and, and it's funny now when you're just like, dang, I kind of wish we were playing the Yankees instead of the Dodgers because we might have a chance. Goodness gracious! And so I I, look. I think it's kind of early. It's funny, like a day after Duffy officially is no longer a twin, you know, Michael Fulmer comes in and he's like, hey, I got your back, bro. You know, your legacy in Minnesota won't be in vain. Okay, I got you. Um, but but honestly, I think Fulmer's probably still just trying to get his feet set uh, in Minnesota. And and that, like you said, you, you're cool with that. But some of the usual suspects are still coming in these games and doing what they do. Like Jax, like we've seen him blow some games like several times before. And look, they got they went and got a couple arms and you, you just hope that that helps. But when you still have the guys like Cotton, you still have guys like you know, Jacks coming in and giving up all these runs and, and blowing these leads. Like the twins went out and did what they should have done. They were aggressive. They went and got three arms. And it's just like sometimes you still can't overcome a, a bullpen who has those problems. And I I don't really know what to think, man. Like they're in some trouble right now. And they just better hope that they don't you know, skid, like they need a win in the worst way to just kind of stable this thing and steady this ship a little bit because they're sliding. Let me ask you a question that I've always wondered. The Twins play two in L.A. They play the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. They get done late last night. Normally, you'd get on a plane and you'd fly home and got the day off today, but they play in Anaheim now the next, what, three, four days this weekend, over the weekend. Mm -hmm. So what's the deal? Do they fly all the way home and enjoy this day off at home and then fly all the way back to the West Coast? Or do you find a hotel right away in Anaheim and post up there and then enjoy a, a day off in Anaheim? Do you stay in L.A. one more day? In a situation like that, do you think they flew all the way back home to Minnesota to enjoy this day off and then flew all the way back to California? Or did they just stay out there? No, they, they stay out there. And, you know, maybe they switch hotels just for good juju's sake. Like, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to we're gonna get switch one closer up, yeah. to the Angels uh, Stadium. You know, like we're... You know, hopefully we got some some rooms with some halos on it because we need some we need some help from a higher power right now. But I think they yeah, I think they stay out there. Just kind of take this day, enjoy L.A., maybe go to Disneyland or something. I don't know. Whatever you do to kind of relax, get yourself, you know, re-centered, refocused. Maybe, you know, go get some in and out, you know, go to Roscoe's, you know, kind of mm. kind of enjoy the, the the time that you have off today and get back to it and, and get ready to go uh, tomorrow. So, yeah, they'll stay out there. I don't understand why they would come back to Minnesota just for less than 24 hours to have to go back. So they, they're probably just staying out there, you know, finding a, a, another hotel they can just chill at and, and get ready for tomorrow. 
everybody's got a plane ride routine. I know you got one. My plane ride routine, I grab a handful of Built Bars. First thing, put them right in my carry-on. Built Bar, made with collagen protein, so it's easily digestible. Provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15. The Twins aren't in first place in the Central for the first time since April 22nd. Reg, Man. can you even remember where you were or what you were doing that long ago? Here's a couple. The last time the Twins weren't in first place, the Minnesota Timberwolves were tied one game apiece with the Memphis Grizzlies in the NBA wow. playoffs. Wow. The last time the Twins weren't in first place, the Minnesota Wild just beat the Kraken 6-3 to and held a four-point lead over the Blues in the standings for second place in the division. The last time the Twins weren't in first place, gas prices in Minnesota were three ninety one dollars a gallon. Those are pretty wow. wild to think about. What Anything a time. specific? Yeah, you remember the last time the Twins weren't in first place. The last time the Twins were not in first place, we were just kind of getting this show off the ground. That's right. That's what yeah, I remember. Right. Yeah, yeah. We were just kind of getting it going here. And, and you know, we kind of came to a conclusion. We were like, you know, maybe the Twins are just a good baseball team. You know, mm -hmm. that that's... And, you know, maybe maybe looking back at that, you know, back then that was true. Right now they're struggling a little bit. And, you know, it, they're still not a bad team. You know, still, you know, several games over 500. Uh, let's see, four games over 500. So mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not all bad. But I do think that – I do think that it's, it's – it's it's scary hours, man. Like I'm I'm officially in that category where I'm worried about them, and I, if I if that's my opinion, then I know that Twins fans probably feel the same way. They're just like, what is going on? Like, what are we doing? What's going to happen? Like you you throughout some of these streaks that they've had and throughout the lead that they've kept, you know, you're you're thinking about possibilities. Like, man. Could we possibly, you know, get out of that first round? Like, could we, could we make some noise in the playoffs? And right now, you're just like, oh my gosh, can we just get there? Can we get there? I don't know. I'm just, I'm pulling my hair out. I'm scared. I don't know what to think. And so, you know, for them to have held this lead for as long as they had, like, it's impressive. But we know it's not how you start. It's not even how you go. Sometimes it's how you finish. And so they need to finish strong to be able to get to where they should be or else, you know, all this time that they spent in first place is just kind of in vain. And it's just like, well, what was it for if they aren't even going to make the playoffs? Yeah, April 22nd, we got done with the show. Reggie said, Luke, if you bring up one more NFL mock draft. Oh, yes. My head's going to explode. We were about a week before NFL draft season. Reggie said, no more mocks. I, Luke, I can't take it. Forget about them. Rip them up. I can't do it. Day off today, then staying on the West Coast for three against the Angels. Tyler Malley on the mound Friday. Another late one. First pitch, 8.38 p.m. All right. The time has come. My favorite segment's here. I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean covering all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports. First up, when it comes to PFF rankings, Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith's best seasons came in 2019 when they posted 89.4 and 90.2 grades respectively, and both ranked near the top at the edge position in the entire NFL. 
And that season, Hunter posted 15 sacks and Zadarius collected 16. In 2020, while Hunter was sidelined, Zadarius was the fourth best pass rusher in the entire NFL before missing all of last season with a back injury. Where am I going here with this? What does it mean when it comes to the ceiling of this pass rushing tandem as they come back from injury and a new Ed Donatel 3-4 system? Let's just say best case scenario here. What kind of production and impact would you expect from these two teaming up and getting into the backfield and after the passer? If they are healthy, I'm talking double-digit sack numbers for both of those guys. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? Like 11-plus sacks for both of those guys. That means they're really getting after it. And I, I give it to them because they are still at the top of their game. You know, like... Both have, have endured some injuries that you're just like, uh, I don't know about that. You know, uh, anytime you get to talking about a back injury with Zedarius and then a neck injury with Daniil, you're just like, I don't know, bro. Like, I, I don't know. That, that's a little touch and go there. But they f- both say that they feel good. They look good. And if they can, if they can at least play 15 games – how about that? 15 games this season, at least. They're wreaking havoc. Because if they're out there, like, you're going to get the the max effort from those guys. So I think, you know, when you talk about it from a pass rushing standpoint, that's going to help this team. Because if they're getting after the passer like they are, that only helps on the back end of that defense as well. Because maybe now you have a quarterback dropping back and, and kind of rushing a throw and maybe their wide receivers are not fully set or or anything or or forcing bad throws because the the pressure is just up in the quarterback's face so much. So like I think that helps. I honestly think that this Vikings defense if if health is stable on this Vikings defense, I think that they're going to be a top 10 defense in the league because you look at it from all three levels. You got some like highly skilled guys or all you got Dalvin Tomlinson, Harrison Phillips in the front. Then you got Kendricks and Hicks, who are two of the most productive linebackers in all of the NFL. And and you talk about the athleticism from Kendricks when he from his linebacking position, you have to watch out from him for him as well because he can pick it off and take it back to the house. And then you look at the, the defensive backfield, when you got guys like Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson, Dantzler, Booth, you know, uh, Scene or Bynum, like they have some really good pieces on every level of this defense. And it starts with that pass rush. If they can generate that pass rush, which we, we hope to see them be able to do because those two guys in Smith and Hunter are very highly skilled when they're healthy. Like, watch out for this defense as a whole because these guys are going to get after it. I'm shaking my head here. My jaw is on the floor because I just looked up the 2021 most defensive sacks. Do you know where the Vikings ranked last season? I, I, Give it to I'm me. I'm almost going to have to double-check this because is this true? Second in the league last year with 51 sacks, only behind the Steelers? They were one. They were number one for a long time last season. That's wild knowing that you didn't have Daniil Hunter for most of the season. DJ Wanham was one of your top leaders with what, like eight sacks, but just the collective unit to have 51 sacks together. Absolutely incredible. I brought up 2019 Zadarius and Hunter collectively that year, 
granted, yes, on different teams, but collectively, they had 31 sacks combined. Just those two players. Last mm -hmm. year, the Giants only had 34 sacks as a team. So I'm with you. I think when you talk about just the ceiling of this pass rushing tandem and this defense as a whole, it's hard not to see top 10 potential here, especially when, again, you add some new young pieces into the mix, but you still got your core of returning veterans, Eric Kendricks, Hunter, Harrison Smith, you name it. So I'm awfully mm -hmm. excited to see how this Ed Donatel system looks with all these new pieces around it. And just to see something different outside of the Mike Zimmer, same system we've seen for the same eight years, maybe a little bit more of a fresh, modern approach to this defensive scheme and see these first little wrinkles and looks, these sub packages that Donatel under veils on a Sunday in Vegas. All right, that's a wrap today. Back here tomorrow, breaking down more Twins, Vikes, plenty more. Remember to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. Remember, we're a podcast too, free and available on all platforms. Subscribe and drop us a five-star review and take us everywhere on the go. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV and on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.